Hello, this is Nikki, Mindset and Life Coach, and you are listening to the Mind House Ball Podcast, where we are on a mission to normalize normal conversations, get comfortable with our mental health, and provide space for growth, learning, and empowerment. Thank you for joining us, and I'm so glad you are here. Morning, ladies. How are we? So this is the first podcast that I've done with um, more than two people. So we've actually got on the other side of the phone, we've got Shauna, Dan and Steph. Um, So I'm not even going to go into the introductions with you guys. I'm just going to pass it straight over to you. Um, So Shauna and Dan, should we start with you guys? Do you want to just explain a little bit about who you are and why you're here? And then we'll go from there. Yep. Want to go first, Dan? Or? Yeah, so I, I'm Danielle. Um, Shana and I, I've been in the hair industry for over 16 years and have been seeing that we want to start to create a safe space for people with hair loss. And Shana um, actually started the company and I have jumped on board with her very recently and I'm loving this new path that we've taken. Um, Shana, I'll let you explain a bit about the company. So I'm Shauna Casey and um, yeah, I um, started up a company called Secret Hair Solutions um, nearly two years ago now when I found some products that are well needed um, within the, the hair industry. So myself and Dan being hairdressers are now creating awareness around hair loss within the hair industry, which I think is well needed because from my experience um, and you know I only talk for myself and and for Dan I suppose in this one where um, we we were trained obviously being hairdressers are really creative but I suppose the gap that I found in the industry was actually looking at the scalp a little bit more in depth where you know we see like even simple things that everyone would have heard of um, like dandruff but you know hairdressers are you know not trained on why we have dandruff and that's just on the, the simple things you know one in seven people are are coming into the salon every day with dandruff um but then it goes to you know more extremes and when you think about the scalp we're the ones that are looking at your scalp all day and probably the only people going in depth on your scalp unless it is a dermatologist and um and why the hairdressers aren't being trained more on the scalp so myself and dan have really dug deep and educated ourselves highly on um on on the scalp and I'm wanting to just share our knowledge now with all hairdressers and and create awareness um, and education within the hair industry um, to help everyone that comes into the salon suffering or dealing with hair loss. Amazing and um, we've only known each other a few weeks we was actually introduced by our friend Katie. Katie gets a, a shout out on I think all of every single recording that I did. <laughs> She's amazing! um and you it was just a really brief conversation that we had last week right and you started to tell me about the work that you was doing in this space and I was like we need to talk about this because um something which I've been seeing sort of pop up here and there um I'm working with another client at the moment who um also has an autoimmune disease and um 
it's a world that I have never been involved with because I'm very lucky that I've always had good health. And it's the whole point of this podcast is that I really want to bring in those conversations that we just don't really have, or they're not really normal in society for somebody who isn't aware of that world, I suppose. And when you were talking to me about this, I was like, this is a whole new world that I haven't explored. I need to have this conversation purely to help raise awareness. Um, yeah, it's, it's just so needed. And I was just in awe of what you guys are doing in that industry. Um, and I'm super excited to have this conversation and see what we can unpick as well. Um, but Steph, do you want to give us a little introduction as well to you? I guess I met Shauna because I have alopecia areata myself. Um, I got diagnosed when I was two. I lost my hair completely and then I had it back by the time I started primary school. So I was like five and six. Um, sort of had like really long, blonde, like luscious, thick hair. It had a bit of like patches here and there. And then um, when I was 14, 13, 14, I started losing it rapidly. Um, I tried to cover it. I tried to pretend that it wasn't happening. I guess you also have a bit of ignorance because I was so young the first time that I lost my hair. Um, and so I sort of just was in complete denial until one day I just got absolutely annoyed by it all. And I told my mum I was just going to shave all my hair off. So I did it for the world's greatest shave because I just thought I'm going to try and make something good out of a not a bad situation but make something good from it because it's obviously nothing that was in my control i tried every single treatment under the sun that i could think of um even down to like getting injections so it's like a these injections that you get put into your scalp you don't get numbing cream it's just like in a 50 cent coin it's about like maybe like 15 injections or so so if you think you've got big patches everywhere it wasn't the most uh, pleasant experience. Um, so then I just shaved it all off, raised like some money for the world's greatest shave. And I guess I haven't really turned back since then. I went through a phase sort of like where I would just wear hats. I would just sort of be myself, kind of work out what I wanted to do. And then I, I got into the professional world. I became a nurse. I wear wigs a lot more, but I also just trying to learn, to, I guess, be me and accept me without worrying about how others perceive me before I even think about how I perceive myself. Um, so then I met lovely Shauna because I volunteer for the Alopecia Areata Australia Foundation um, or AAAF. And Shauna was hosting an event last this February, February this yeah. year. See, it's gone too quick. Um, and yeah, <laughs> we just sort of hit it off real quick. And I guess I just love what she's doing and she um, I've met Dan through Shauna and I just sort of become good friends. And then also it's just nice to kind of feel less isolated in this sort of world where hair loss is involved. It's, it's really hard to sort of describe because it's so personalized. Every single person has a completely different story, completely different journey. But then in the same ways, that's hard because you compare yourself to other people. So mm -hmm. it's nice to sort of meet these lovely two girls and feel like, you can be yourself. You don't have to be like, oh, I feel guilty because I have eyelashes, but she doesn't. But then I have no eyebrows and she does. So it's it's nice to just be me, I guess. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And also thank all three of you for being here too. Um, I know this is quite last minute, so I really appreciate you all being here and being so open. Um, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so we've got some questions and I'm just going to go straight through. I know that you covered it a little bit, Shauna, but what would you say are the main issues within the industry? Steph, I know you just covered it a little bit and it would be really interesting to get both of your perspectives with as somebody who works in that industry, but also somebody who um, is in that industry like yourself, Steph, um, sort of your personal um, challenges or um the gaps which you wish were filled. Um, and Shauna and Dan, I know that that's kind of your mission. So I'm keen to sort of hear where you, where you guys are with that. I think it's hard to even, you know, to narrow it down into, you know, small words or small sentences. But I think for me, it was when I started delving into the hair loss in, in the salon. Um, biggest eye-opener for me was when you when you want to try and make a difference and make safe spaces in the hair salon um I ended up picking a massive platform to go and create more awareness and that was at the hair expo last year where it's industry only it's only hairdressers are allowed into that and you know I was going to scream it from the rooftop there when I got in there because you know they were all hairdressers in there and of course they were going to have the same vision as I had because there was such a need for it and and I was wrong because when I got there you know everyone of course loved what um what myself and Dan have created now but um the they weren't having the the clients they weren't getting those sorts of clients um in the hair salon um and it rang alarm bells for me why you know um, and I'm not saying all salons, I'm just saying I sp I've spoke to a lot of hairdressers and then I've spoke to, like, say a lot of people that are dealing with excessive hair loss and they weren't going to hairdressers for advice. They're going to the doctors and dermatologists. And of course you should because they're in the medical industry, but we can also help, you know, and we can help with the appearance recovery. So mm -hmm. even when you're having, um, you know, your whatever route you choose to go down, whether it's, you know, in the medical industry or the holistic side of, you know, trying to get your hair to grow back, um, we can definitely help with the appearance recovery. And, and that's actually an instant thing. You can actually instantly change somebody's life by the appearance of their hair. And, you know, even if somebody has lost all their hair, it's even, you know, we are hairdressers. So, you know, we can help with the wigs. Um, yeah. You know, just showing, um, hairdressers how to to work with wigs um, and like that you know I could talk for hours on that both myself and Dan like we could talk for hours on on what education we have and and how we can just I show think them again it's just, I found as I was swimming with like cancer and that coming in and having to shave their heads like it's taking their identity away from them and it's showing everyone how sick they are and it really that's what pulled at my heartstrings when I had to start shaving women's heads for that and I've had women that don't want to shave their heads for an occasion and they'll wait to have their treatment until one client in particular was her son's wedding and just couldn't believe she put her life in the line for that hair and that's just the way it is mm -hmm. and just making them feel human and compassionate because not everyone is compassionate and will make them feel comfortable and in safe space in the salon which we don't currently have so it is really difficult for these ladies to come in and shave their head and men i mean it's women and men 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said earlier, it's something that I haven't really ever thought of, but it's kind of like you're, you're going through a battle with your, your physical health and then having to deal with that change. But then also, like you said, losing your identity because your appearance changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what do you think is, how do you think that impacts people? Mentally, it definitely impacts them massively. I mean, Steph, you could probably mm-hmm. speak in terms of not having hair, how you feel about it. Yeah, I guess it's hard because like in some ways, it actually wasn't, it was probably almost 10 years since I even had my own like biological physical hair washed by Shauna the other day. Because I guess when you do have hair loss, you kind of don't want to go to a hairdressing salon. You don't really want to go to somewhere mm-hmm. where, I guess, you know, like people aren't, knowingly flaunting hair in front of you but you're going to somewhere where you're looking at all these people that I guess you probably wish you did have that hair and or you know they're cutting it all off or they're doing things and to their hair and you're just sitting there going like oh I just would like two of those strands of hair do you know what I mean and so you kind of don't put yourself in that situation I mean funnily enough I used to work in hairdressing salons when I was quite younger and it got to the point where I'd lost so much hair that it was uncomfortable to work in a hairdressing salon. Um, Cause you kind of also think, I mean, I guess my pattern of hair loss with Ariada is that it also does look like I have a little bit of just a bad haircut sometimes when I had grown it and I hadn't fully shaved it off yet. So you kind of, people would then judge you, I guess, by that looking at you mm-hmm. before ever meeting you. Um, also with like hairdressing salons is I found that sometimes um, hairdressers don't really want like to touch because they're either worried about, you know, I had shaved my head and I wanted to get like hair color in it and like a, they call it a hair tattoo. So they cut out like a shape within the hair that you have. It took me like five different hair salons just to get someone to agree to actually even touch my head and do something with it. Cause they're like, oh, either the barbers were like, no, we only do boys or just trying to make up any excuse, I guess, cause they were worried and weren't actually asking me, okay, so like you have hair loss, what sort of hair loss? Like, can you do this? Are we like, you know, what are the risks? It just was like straight up, no, didn't want to hear anything. So, but it's not, I'm also not here to be all negative Nancy about hairdressers at all, because I mean, if it wasn't for these two lovely ladies, <laughs> thank God you not. have this. So like, you know what I mean? But then at the same time, I think realizing that, you know, hairdressers have so much power. And I guess one big thing that I always say to like Shauna, whenever she's talking about education, that mine's always like choice of language. And I think that goes back to like mental health. Like you've got very vulnerable women, who are already suffering, well, not suffering, because I hate the word suffering, but you already got women who are feeling down and low most of the time, typically. Mm. Um, they're already vulnerable. And then you come along and you're bright and happy and bubbly. And then you're talking about things. And I guess it's also your choice of language of what you say to people. Because mm. you're forgetting that, like, I know myself, I've had so much to do with mental health because hair loss is a massive impact on my life, particularly during, I guess, the stage of, like, learning who you are. So I guess it's you only listen and hear what you want to hear. So when you've got to be careful that someone doesn't say to you, oh, well, at least you're not sick. Because that's one massive thing that people always say to you. And you're like, look, I guess in the scheme of things, I'm, I, I'm glad like I don't have cancer. I don't have hair loss from any, I guess, terrible disease. Um, but it's still not, it's still valid in like it's, having yeah. hair loss of any kind. So I think that sort of, my big thing is also just like awareness so people also down to salons and hairdressers realize just how much of an impact they can have 
because mm. they might be the first person to even notice that there is something happening in your head because I know myself, I have no idea what's happening in the back of my head unless these two lovely ladies tell me. Um, so it is, it's just, I guess, people being a bit more conscious and considerate and kind of having a bit of that like thinking before you really say something because you can have a massive impact and a huge impact on your mental health without even realising it. You could be in it for the right reasons. What would you say um, to those hairdressers that said no to you straight away? If you, could, if you could tell them one thing to educate them or to enlighten them about how you felt in that moment, what would it be? It's hard because I'm definitely not the, like, I can understand. I can. I can understand that they're probably afraid. I mean, you then also, are you, they might feel like they're labelled, like, oh, that someone walks in and think that they've done this to my hair. Like, I can understand to some degree, but I guess it's also just taking a minute to realise that we're all humans at the end of the day. Um, Some people wouldn't even let me in their front door of their shop. Like it was just like I was greeted at the door and this was like years ago. So they can't use COVID as an excuse. Um, (laughs) So I guess it's just being considerate, like just having, like taking the two minutes, like, yes, I know you probably blow drying someone else's hair, but just take two minutes and just listen to what I'm actually saying. Like I, I would have said, like, I have alopecia areata. I've lost all my hair, but I just wanted, I just wanted like one cool thing. I just wanted something in my life that made me feel a little bit special, a little bit like, I guess, beautiful compared to what I could because I grew up with all these young girls that had like long flowing blonde hair and I didn't have that. And I just wanted this like pink star. It's all I wanted. I was so headstrong. So I guess just like taking the two minutes, I know everyone's busy, but just taking two minutes and being like, like, what can I help you for? And if you can't, that's totally fine, but not making someone feel horrible about it because, yeah. And I'd love to actually touch on that because, you know, I can see and I've spoke with um, with other ladies that it's affect them, affected them and for quite a long time. Like when Steph speaks, she's, it's such an inspiration to listen to her because, um, you know, I feel like Steph has dealt with an awful lot and come out the other side of it and, um, I love listening to her story on how brave she is and you know I don't think she's let it affect her whereas um, and again I can't talk for all hairdressers but I can just talk from the research that has been put in over the last couple of years um, because I'm sure that there is hairdressers out there that are doing amazing work as well as us um, but there has been some that I've been talking to clients where it's been really traumatic for them when they've been losing hair and they've actually reached out to hairdressers to help them. And it's been, you know, even 20 years on and it's still affecting them. So, you know, I suppose I as a hairdresser have to take that on that there's something that we need to do, you know, and again, I can't talk for all hairdressers because I'm sure there's some really lovely stories as well. But when I see that there's a problem, we're going to try and fix it as much as we can. So it's like, you know, we want other hairdressers to, to get on board and it is all about the client experience. So I always say that. I say, you know, it doesn't matter what products you have in there or whatever. If you're not giving a proper client experience, then, you know, you know if someone comes and you're going to even just say, give them a wig, 
or color their wig, if the experience that they get in that moment is that they don't feel comfortable or they don't feel safe or that they're a burden, then there's no point in their wig looking amazing. That the client experience needs to come first at the minute they get to the door, that they feel accepted, that they've been given time, that they're listened to, you know, that if it's privacy that they need in that moment, that they're given the privacy, like it could be after hours that you do it or, you know, you don't have any other clients in there so it, it's just those small little things that we can do within the hair industry um mm -hmm. so that it, it is more accepted that um we are giving our hair loss lines that because there's normally something else going on not just the hair loss there's you know um there's normally something else that's going on as well and that's just with everyone in general it's not about yeah. putting your problems on the other person it's about just giving them that that few minutes to just listen to their story um and and give them a proper service and, and make it a safe space. Why do you think that that's not already the case? Because that seems so simple. Yeah, I think it's just like everything in life has gone really busy, 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 busy. Um, and it's about not talking about our problems, maybe hiding them away, and then it becomes nearly shameful sometimes. Um, but I also think that and I'll speak from my own experiences you know if you see um, just say for instance a client comes in and they've got like a bald spot on the back of their head you know like for me now because I have a confidence and I know what I'm talking about that I would like safely sit down and say and we would always refer on to a medical um, practitioner we would never take it to diagnose a client we are hairdressers we're not medical practitioners but to just notice these symptoms and it could be even something as small as noticing like a mole on the back of somebody's head hmm. just saying you know what I see this it's changed color since the last time you were in here maybe you need to go and just have it checked out by a dermatologist but we don't want to bring these problems up because we're afraid of what we're going to create but in that moment you could actually change or save somebody's life for just finding out something small um there was one client that i was talking to and it was her son and at the age of 35 um he was after getting because alopecia can be um can come on at any time and it, you know there's no known cause for it it can happen for lots of different reasons um and she just said that he had went to the barber shop and she actually thought that the barber had like, you know, the guard had fallen off and he'd like just given him a ball span. She, she fed it to her son and lo and behold, he had alopecia areata. And, you know, for the barber, you know, he, he mightn't have known what it was, first of all. So we can't just blame the barber for being ignorant. He mightn't have known what it was. Or it could be the fact that you don't want to be triggering something else off in somebody I think it's a lot of it comes down to education and us not having confidence to actually start talking about what's going on. Um, but it actually sometimes when you bring things like that up, they can actually really help somebody. Yeah. It's acknowledged. Yeah, I feel like beauticians are taking care of your face. We're taking care of your hair. There's a gap for the scalp and the scalp is massive in terms of hair loss, moles, cancers. There's lots of other things that can be going on. Mm. It's the fear of saying it to someone because we, are, we, we don't have the confidence to back it because we haven't been educated. So we just want to yeah. change the system of educating them and giving them the confidence to then get those clients to their salon and, and then they can start their healing process when it comes to their hair, whatever yeah. they need to do to their scalp. 
So you're right, it comes back to the lack of education. So where did you girls find that piece? Where did you start with your education journey? So for anyone who's listening to this, who is a hairdresser who feels inspired by what you girls are talking about and wants to also work to fill in that gap, which I would like to think that any hairdresser listening to this would want to be on that journey with you guys. Because for me, it's, it's, you can't be an expert in a field that you're not exploring all entities of that. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, but how can, they, how can they start to educate themselves? Well, first of all, we've uh, developed um, an education around um, the scalp and um, like where it stemmed off with, with myself and getting um, interested in it was uh, after years of being on the pill and contraception. Um, after coming off that, I ended up getting a lot of hair loss myself, really bad acne, um, and then figuring out, you know, like probably having it for years, but having polycystic ovaries, delving deep into the medical side of why I was losing hair. And then as a hairdresser and then, you know, asking other people and we didn't. So I actually started researching it and actually educating myself on what was going on. And you can actually balance yourself. Like for, for what I have, polycystic ovaries can be balanced out through diet. Um, and, um, you know, I didn't need to be taking, every time I went to the doctor, I was getting, I was on like, you know, three and four medications at one point. And it was like a constant, you were never taken off one. You were just put on another one. But my hair was still falling out. My acne would clear up, but then it would come back. And then I was just given an extra. Um, so I started researching a lot around um, my own insecurities um, and then ended up, you know, finding some really good solutions but it opened up a Pandora's box of you know like starting with my insecurities and I was like well I can't imagine because I didn't even want to talk about things like that what other people were going through because like I was in the hair industry and I was putting in hair extensions all the time always adding volume and um, you know I wouldn't be without hair extensions and then I started seeing you know there's people that are worse off than than I was um, when it came to these things and just really educating myself on on it and then we created um an education around it just really delving deep talking to you know dermatologists and um, people in the medical industry because like that even though that we've created um our education we would still always refer to the medical industry yeah. so it's good to be able to work with with both you know we can give you what knowledge we have on recommendations but we do always recommend um to work with the medical industry as well which is so important okay so i didn't realize that so if, so for hairdressers who were wanting to explore that field they could come to you guys and, and yeah. use your training platform yeah we've got a training so we do in salon trainings and we've got online trainings as well that's incredible that's so cool i'm obsessed i had no idea that that was i didn't realize that that piece of it amazing um i'm just going to refer back to the questions because shock we haven't stuck to them um, Steph, <laughs> this is gonna happen. um what do we have <laughs> um and i definitely in the um in the comment not in the comments in the description part of the podcast we're going to put everything to do with where anybody who's listening can find you girls in terms of hairdressers or even clients at the, a lot of the um 
listeners are in the UK, but I know that there will be um, people from all different walks of life and there still will be people from Sydney as well. So you guys are based in Sydney, right? And so you've got the online training platform that's available anywhere in the world, but you'll also do in salon training here in Sydney, yeah? Yeah, and like we work with um, with lots of um, hairdressers um, over in Europe as well. So, you know, there's, it's not just us that's, you know, yeah. doing this. We've created a whole team around Secret Hair Solutions um, and we're in lots of different markets. So, you know, we can steer people in the right direction. Um, you know, even if you've got, um, someone on your podcast that is dealing with hair loss or is a hairdresser that wants to help somebody with hair loss, um, we can maybe put them in contact with, you know, we've got people in Ireland, the UK, there's Denmark, you know, anywhere. So it's just about, yeah, we can, we can try and help if we can with any countries. Yeah. And let's also put a bunch of resources in, in the description as well. So any websites or things that you've got that are just really helpful for, um, you know, that, that people can just go directly to. I think that would be great as well. Um, Steph, I want to just ask you a quick question as well. Um, because if somebody who's experienced this firsthand, um, is there anything, any words, words of advice that you could give somebody who is going through maybe a bit of a tough time um, dealing with their um, hair loss and maybe they um, are looking for a little bit of guidance or support. Is there anything that you could say to somebody in that situation? Yeah, I mean, I guess I get asked this actually quite a bit. Um, it's hard though. It's yet again, as I said before, I think the main thing is that knowing that unfortunately, like, you are, I guess, on your own personal journey and you can't really compare yourself and that's sometimes the, the hardest bit not to because every single hair loss journey, whether it is with alopecia areata or any other type of hair loss itself, is completely different. So I guess just knowing that you're not alone, so there is heaps of different resources, as you have said and you're going to put in the description, um, that you can go and have a look at. I guess also trying to just not worry so much about how other people are thinking or about you or what you're being perceived as. And I guess that took me a long time to change my headspace. And it took probably a lot of other things in my life happening mm. before I finally realized that. So I guess just knowing that whatever you choose to do, whether it's you do want to fully shave your head like I have, um, or if you want to just try and cover it up, it's a wig, a topper, a hairpiece, anything, a headscarf, whatever you want to do. Like it's totally never, never let anyone else tell you what you can and can't do. Like you know yourself when you're at the time to say embrace who you really are. Like I mean, I've even now it's been ten years without any any hair. I just have sort of what I like a little cap sort of up here. I'll just show you. So I have just like a little bit here. And so then these lovely ladies have gone and, oh, you can't even see that, can you? Um, ladies have gone and dyed my hair for me. And so this I is, was going to say, it looks yellow though in this light, but it's pink, right? Yes, <laughs> it is. Look, it's terrible lighting. Pink and orange. Is my, um, my photographer here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I guess I've just gone to the point where I'm just going, what makes me happy? What makes me feel like I can be me? Because it's, it takes a lot 
I'm okay. Like, it's a very weird concept. I can take my hair off in a group like this or if I'm feeling like I'm with people that I'm comfortable. But I'm still not at a stage probably yet where I could just walk down a street and not worry about what other people are thinking. And, I mean, I've had this now. I've had no hair more than I've actually had hair in my life. But it's still, it's a daily, it's a daily struggle. Like, you're never completely over it. I think you just get to a point of acceptance where I've gone, I've chosen not to have any more treatment. Mm-hmm. I've chosen to just... Be me. I love my flamboyant wigs. I love, I call them my girls. Um, <laughs> and I just, I just be me with it. And I think it just, it's hard because this has taken me so long to get to here and still every, like some days are worse than others. So I think it depends where you are in your journey. Um, and for some people that can be really hard because they're wanting to be free from it. But then at the same time, they might have only ever told their partner or their husband or their whoever it is. They're not actually feeling like they're free to open up and tell people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it, that also depends on what time of your life you've got the hair loss. So, you know, I think sometimes yeah. people always think it's terrible, like with kids. And I'm like, yes, look, it is hard. It is hard when you're a child. But I think because I've had it both then and now, I probably struggle more from like the second time I've lost hair. So the like the youth, like when you're, I guess you're going through puberty, everyone's sort of like learning about like boys, and like their image and makeup. And, mm. you know, they're normally like for your formal. I have the most dreadful photo from my year 10 formal. It looks like I'm wearing like a mushroom on my head because it was the first time I've worn a wig. Like it is horrible. My mum will try and say that it's not, but it is. it's just like <laughs> sitting like it's floating above my head. Um, but that was just my desire and like my absolute want to just feel like I was normal for one night. Um, so I, yeah, it's so hard. Like, I think it's just really knowing that you're not alone. Like, and as much as it is that you have different hair loss patterns or you have different, you know, someone might, you know, be dealing with cancer or it is alopecia or whatever it is, you can't compare yourself. But at the same time, there are people there to help help you and talk to you and just know that look you are you this is unfortunately happened but at the same time I just I've learned to love it I don't know what I would do if my hair grew back I think I would feel a little bit odd I'd be like (laughs) what do I do with the girls now um you know it's it's hard it is really hard it's it's crazy it, it and just from talking to you it's it's kind of it's just solidified how how much we hold ourselves back from being ourselves and from being who we just are behind closed doors to be to make other people feel more comfortable about being around us and Mm -hmm. for you and and it's so funny because you just explained that you are so comfortable with to just be yourself and to show up just as you are in this situation which is amazing but then when you're put into any other situation so for example walking down the street we care more about the opinions of these people that we don't know. We've never even met. We're probably never going to meet again. Yeah. Why like, why do we, why do we do this? And we all do it. And yeah. if we all do it. Yeah. What is it's even like, um, I've heard stories um, of like that people accepting their hair loss and wearing wigs and, and their families not accepting it, you know, so that they would have to still wear wigs while they were present within their families so that they didn't make like really close family members feel more comfortable. And it's, mm. it's bizarre, but the, these are things that are happening, you know, and it's, um, 
you've got to ask yourself why you know it comes back to the education piece doesn't it so let's take the pressure off the hairdressers that aren't that aren't doing the work let's give them a break for a second but what about everyone else like what about the, the friends and the family that we're talking about who who we have to go out of our way to make them feel comfortable because there will be people like that who are listening you know people do struggle to be I don't want to use the word confrontational because it's not that but people struggle to um accept other people's differences it's just what society does isn't it what can we say to them what can we say to the people who who are quite judgmental or um need to need to basically make some changes because we can't we can't continue like that i mean i'm just talking from my point of view as having been the one that walks down the street and people say things i've had people do 360s literally right around me as i'm looking to buy like nigarang noodles or something and i guess in some ways it's hard because i'm at a point now where i'm open and talking about like i would rather you if you were curious because that is what we are as human nature you are curious and i think that's what people forget is that most of the time people aren't doing it from a vindictive vicious point of view it's curiosity mm. but they're just not understanding how powerful that curiosity actually the negative part of that is so like i'm happy for like shauna to say come up to me in the street and ask me questions i will answer them happily i guess it's like whether it's hard to say because i think it is it's just being mindful you know of the fact that you might make a comment like myself a story i was at a point where i'd just come back from a surf when i was down with my mum. this was a couple of years ago i was feeling really good i was just sort of wearing hair um hair sort of like for formal occasions but i was just wearing hats or nothing and we were walking past a playground and this kid just yelled out like what's wrong with that chick she has no hair and the mother was mortified by it um and the kid kept going on like she looks so weird mum. like what's going on and i could hear this whole thing I was a teenager at this stage. I was probably just a couple years into losing my hair for the second time. And it's so weird, but that, I don't even know that person, but that affected me so much. And I genuinely spent three days inside. I refused to go out. I was constantly in tears. I was like, mom, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm so sick of it. I've even gone back another time. I even was in a relationship and I went and like, I also, for me, but I think also for the fact that I was like, oh, I would love to say, have this ideal that I'd get married and I had my own hair. And so I went for more treatment when I didn't actually really want it. I just thought, oh, I'll give it a whirl, I guess. Um, and so I think just being mindful of like what you're actually saying and doing in public, like, you know, we judge people by their appearances of clothes, of what, you know, your weight, your, like your hair, you're oh, like she's got a funny nose whatever it is but I think it's just trying to remember that at the end of the day like everyone's still a human we all have our differences but that's what makes us us yeah and I guess just being conscious that like if there's a lady that is at a plus size and she's in a bikini like I'm all for that I'm like totally rock that you look gorgeous like total babe I don't think you should ever like um put down another person for that, particularly when it's something that you have no control of. And that's the thing, hair loss, no one chooses this. And I think that's that's the one thing that I get frustrated when they say like, oh, you're suffering, or at least you're not sick. You get that comment all the time. At the end of the day, you never choose this hair loss. 
and that's that's why I think it also can be such a a massive struggle if someone just like gives you a look or like walks through sixties. I've had someone say to me, "Oh, I've got breast cancer. What do you have?" And then you feel kind of weird, like you have this weird guilt where you're like, oh, "It's just alopecia." Like, oh, sorry. Like, and I'm also one that I don't want to be pitied. That's one big thing, and I guess that's why I'm a bit more open and out about it because like I don't want someone to pity me or give me empathy or anything because I'm not sick. This is just me. This is just yeah. It's not when yeah. I was given. Yeah. yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, that's just probably my point of view on it. They will probably have different opinions, but I just guess that's sort of where I sit with it, really. Yeah. Do you feel like it takes over your identity a little bit? A lot? I guess controversially, I think it's me. Okay. It's weird because it's part of me, yes, but it's what makes me me. So I guess having had the struggles that I've had, Having, I've been in nightclubs and my hair's come off. I've slept, I've swam in wigs. I've totally, like, I've even had burns. I've had cuts, scrapes, anything to me because I have originally always worried about, like, you know, my wig coming off or, like, hair. Like, I would get migraines all the time. I do so many ridiculous things under the sun to try and hide the fact. But then it's made me who I am today because Mm -hmm. if I didn't have this hair loss, I probably wouldn't be who I am and I would I don't know I, I don't think I would want to not have had it because it's given me some wonderful opportunities and like yes you know how you look like your hair your makeup whatever it is but in some ways it is me it is people know that I guess I'm the one that laughs and jokes and if you're driving past me on my way home from work don't be surprised if you see hair flying through my car because that's the first thing I take off because it's frustrating sometimes and it's hot and uncomfortable but yeah hair loss and kind of being the the weird bald chick is me that's just yeah I kind of rock it I love it you own it I love that I love that thank you so much for sharing that stuff I'm I'm honestly just in awe of how you just like carry yourself and explain everything I think it's amazing um okay girls I want you to share your mission going forward what you're doing here how you can help others and just all of your amazingness okay the first mission is like we just want the awareness we want the awareness of hair loss every kind of hair loss whether it's alopecia or just this patch and to be able to speak about it i mean we've come across people that have been almost isolated in their own homes because they're afraid to talk to anyone about their hair loss, including their family. So we want to create lots of awareness. We want to create safe places for these lovely ladies and men to seek help. That's not, if they don't want to go down the road or if they do want to go down the road of medical and injections, that's great. But we can, we can create that, that look that you want immediately. Um, what else would you reckon, Shauna? Do you want to add to that? I think the biggest thing for us is the education around it. Mm. Um, it's just teaching. We're always learning ourselves. You know, we never, like, I never put out there myself that I know everything. I don't, and I think I'll be learning. Like, I, I'll be a student for the rest of my life, definitely, because you know we're never going to know it all. But um, I'd love to share what we know and our knowledge on um, how we can change people's lives through hair. Um, and that's coming from two hairdressers, you know, to to be able to create that um, in a hair salon um, and creating awareness um, 
that's yeah our biggest mission I think so I far that. I love that and um Steph can you just quickly just add to that the about the charity that you volunteer for yeah. and kind of what they do in their mission so AAA Airport Australian Allergy Shariata Foundation um, basically was been running for 10 years now a lovely lady um, who started at Shell her son actually had alopecia um, when he was younger so she found that there wasn't actually anything in Australia for I guess um, anyone that has been diagnosed with alopecia in a whole really they encompass all alopecias so the I guess the main thing is just being there to support it's a massive support group um, so there's ones in all over, like every state of um, Australia. I was going to say these others. Um, every state of Australia. Um, and I guess it's just knowing that you're not alone. There's a place there where you can, um, like they have Facebook, they have uh, Instagram. You can chat to any of the volunteers, whether that's a, um, like myself, so I do the events in New South Wales, or it's a branch manager from your state, or there is just um, lovely volunteers who are just there to basically chat to you if you ever need anything. So it's down to sort of like you've just had a hard day or tips and tricks for different things because a lot of the time you can get promised the world when you buy a wig or a hairpiece or a GP or anything like that. But then until someone actually tells you, oh, when you're putting on a wig, like do it this way or like this is a great adhesive that I used or make sure like when you're colouring it, do this. They talk about different treatments and how well or not well they're doing and I guess just on those good and bad days, there's always someone there, no matter what time of day, to have a chat to whenever you need. Um, they have normally great program in November. So is our Alopecia Awareness Week. And normally we would have a kids camp. So um, under the age of 18 and it travels around each state, but because of COVID, unfortunately, we're not this year. Um, but otherwise there's just also different events that pop up around hopefully wherever you are in Australia so just you can go and meet also other people because I think that's that's also the hard thing is until you start to talk about it you'll find some people be like oh yeah you know a cousin or a neighbor or someone had it but you never really meet someone until you go out there yeah. and try and find them you never meet someone that also has it like I hadn't really met anyone until I sort of started being more open and out there and I joined AAAF um, so I guess it's really nice to sort of oddly be in the majority for once and not in the minority I know that the kids camp last year was my first one and it was just such an odd but amazing time to just be there and like there was barely anyone with hair and it was kind mm. of really nice to feel normal as such and yeah in the majority for once um so yeah I guess they're just there to support and help in any way they also raise money they have a weeks for kids program so I probably most of you won't know but with wigs you've got like synthetic and then you've got human hair I've paid up to almost six grand for a human hair wig you've then also got um, on the cheaper side but it's never just cheap like it's hundreds or thousands of dollars and a lot of people can't afford that I was just very fortunate that my parents were able to provide that for me from a sort of you know a teenage age as I've gone up I've now gone into different as we saw crazy hairstyles, but just um, also trying to help kids, I guess, that are a bit less, not less fortunate, but just aren't able to sort of 
fork out such a large amount of money. So they donate wigs to different children. Um, and there's also great donation programs. So if you have long, beautiful, un, sort of untreated hair, you can cut it off and donate it to help these kids. Um, yeah, so I, I think the main thing though for me is just it's lovely to like talk to other people or have people contact me and say, you know, mm -hmm. I saw, you know, that you have alopecia. I just love to chat for like two minutes. You know, it's it's always a pleasure. It's it's nice to just have a talk to someone else and they also understand. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got like headache or you've got like I had a burn the other day from an adhesive. It's just nice to kind of chat to someone who can kind of relate, you know, as much as your friends and family can they still at the end of the day don't completely understand because they're on I guess they have a different path or journey and they they have a full head of hair and they don't understand that you know unless you draw your eyebrows on sometimes it looks very odd um and so until like someone tells you for example how to draw on your eyebrows I've spent many a years and days with not with just all different shapes and sizes. Um, I've, I've had one wear off when I was at work and no one told me. Um, and so you just sort of like smudge it across like a monobrow. Um, so I guess it's just, it's just being there sometimes to also be able to have a laugh because I think sometimes people also feel very uncomfortable. Um, I much more, I use humor, I guess, a lot to deal with things. Um, and some people then feel guilty to say that. Um, but I'm just, I just find, I kind of see the funny side and I have fun and I try and be a bit more positive. So I guess yeah. you know, my, a lot of my good friends at work, like I've, I've, you know, been pressed against a glass window before and I've come off and my eyebrows have just been <laughs> left there at 2am on a night shift. I'm like, oh, well, it's an eyebrowless <laughs> night from now on. <laughs> I was leaning against a wall the other night and I accidentally hooked my hair on the, the hook on the wall and I came down and she didn't come with me so we all just it's just nice to you know what I mean it's just nice to sort of have a chat and talk to different people so that's sort of I guess the mission of AAA. Yeah I love that I love that so much. Um, I want to say something like you know it's even yeah. just having Steph here beside us like you know she's such an inspiration and she definitely you know pushes yeah. us as, yeah, as hairdressers you know sometimes even with all the workload and you're trying to make a difference and you're trying to make awareness and then you know Steph makes such it's so lighthearted, which other people aren't you know and she's such an inspiration and I think for anyone that is going through hair loss she's such an advocate because she definitely pushes us with another girl and um, I want to give her a shout out um she's on um Instagram is Sinead um it's just alopecia and you know these girls drive us to do what we're doing because you know when they come in and like that take their wigs off and and show their vulnerability and are still smiling and making us smile like putting a smile on our face it's like you know, this is what it should be, um, rather than, um, or like for, for someone that is going through, they're great people to speak with, to pick your soul up off the ground, um, and really help with being able to deal with anything. Like, you know, I feel like anything that's thrown at these girls, they just are superheroes. So, you know, we're so lucky to be able to surround ourselves with such inspirations. I love that. And you're all, you're all three of you are doing amazing work. I think you're all as inspirational as each other. And, and you too. Thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you for creating 
awareness around all of this too. It's, you know, it's such a nice space to be able to speak to you openly about it and for you to believe in also what we're doing too. So thank you for that. Of course. And like I said, it blows my mind that this isn't as, as big as what it should be. I think that it, like we said at the very beginning, normalizing normal conversations, it's things that people go through. It's very normal to sort of experience things like that. So why not talk about it? And thank you all so much for being so open and honest. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Loads. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, next question. <laughs> and no, like you know what, like that. It's one of those things we probably could talk. And I think you know, even when we were together the other day, it goes on and on and on and on. But I think we've really hit a lot of the points. Today, yeah. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much, girls. Um, I can't wait to talk with you more about this. Um, and for anyone listening, we will put all of the Instagrams, websites, resources in the comments for all of three of these amazing ladies. And um, thank you so much for listening. Anything to round off, girls, or should we just stop right there? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I. I oh, good. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for joining me, girls. Bye. Thank you so much, Nikki. Bye. Bye. Hi guys, Nikki here. So between the 14th of November and the 22nd, it is Alopecia Awareness Week in Australia. There'll be events all of that week for creating awareness and Secret Hair Solutions and Women Of are creating an in-salon experience at a salon local in Sydney. So if you are around the area, keep an eye out on their Instagrams for more updates. And it's also AAAF's 10th birthday this year. They are the charity that Steph mentioned and they're doing amazing work in the hair loss and alopecia space. So I want to personally wish them a huge, huge, huge happy birthday. Thank you so much for joining us on our Are You Okay campaign and I really hope this conversation helps you realise that nothing is out of your reach. If you feel like you are struggling right now, please reach out to a friend, family member or medical professional to seek help. I promise there are so many people waiting for your phone call. If this was helpful, please reshare on your socials and tag at Mindhouse School and don't forget to leave us a review.